The goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. We do that every single Tuesday by sharing the stories, both horror and success, of those who made it on the other side. This week, we learn from the always cool Capono Chung. Capono is the founder and head of design at Combo Agency. Combo is a leading strategy and design agency offering branding and design services. Note, this is different from traditional advertising shop, and Capono breaks it down simply in this episode. They offer research, strategy, innovation, and branding practices. They are based in New York City with a significant ensemble of clients, including Instagram, Gap, Bed Bath & Beyond, Sports Illustrated Tickets, Nike Golf, and plenty more. Capono grew up in a household in South Korea, where his father was also a designer. Capono's story and career trajectory are inspiring and educational for those who especially want to pursue design or art direction as a career, but all around, he's got fantastic advice for how you can break in and thrive in advertising, including... He highlights Scope of Work Agency. Scope of Work is a talent development agency for young BIPOC creatives that establishes equity in the creative industry. So it's a two-for-one episode. You're going to love it. You can find Capono's resources, which he recommends just for you, by visiting our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. All one word, at Breaking and Entering Pod. Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schalberg. Kick it, Mikey. All right. Capono Chung, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. How are you doing today? Doing well. Doing very good. Excited to be here. Heck yeah. Where are you at right now? I'm in Brooklyn in my uh, apartment in Crown Heights. Um, yeah, in New York. Heck yeah. So what are we going to do today? We're going to talk about you, Combo, which is your partner at. We'll get to that. We're going to yep. talk a little bit about where you're from, where you were born, how you were raised, how you broke into advertising, design, innovation, all of this world that you're kind of doing, you're doing super well in, and maybe even some distinctions between advertising, branding, innovation, design, I might need a refresh. I might have forgotten what the difference might be. Not going to lie. So does that all that kind of sound good for subject matter of this episode? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. All right, cool. There's a lot to talk about. So where do you want to dive in? You want to first tell us about who you are, what you do? Sure. Yeah, we'll start. Yeah, we can start there. Um, my name is Capono. I'm creative director, partner, founder, uh, um, and head of design at Combo. Um, started the company in 2016, around then, uh, and it's grown from, you know, uh, me to I guess 25 to 30 people. We we flex nice. based on the amount of uh, on the different projects that we have, whether we bring in freelancers or not. But we have about 25 full time employees now. Um, so quite a bit of growth happened. You know, a lot, a lot of it happened during the pandemic, actually. We were, I was, I was, um, we were a six person company and then mm-hmm. we came together with this, with this strategy and innovation company, uh, during the pandemic. And so from there, they had 10 people, we became 16 people. And since then we've grown to, uh, about 25 people. Yeah. So 
I guess tell us like what you're all about then. What are you guys really good at? Who are your clients? What have you done in the past? What's the situation? Like why why are we coming to combo? I guess the like one of the big um like a founding client of ours was essentially away uh away travel the su- the suitcase company. I was yep. employee number 1 there. Um and this is right before I started combo and I helped create the brand. I helped uh, help design the product, uh, the, ex- the exterior of the product. Um, a, a design an industrial design agency out of uh, California did the interior of the whole thing. Okay. But um, I helped create the full product line, uh, launched two websites, and um, and then right after that, I left and I started my own agency. Ah, got it. Why'd you leave? I left because I. I'm, I guess I'm a constant, like a, a serial entrepreneur and I always like to start things. I get, I get a little bit bored of things sometimes, Yeah. Know, kind of, uh, so I've started like six or seven different businesses. I mean, combo is by far the most successful one, but I've had a hair iron business. I've had a bag business, you know, the, the, um, I guess the, I, I you know, I consider away one of the businesses that I helped start and help. Sure. Um, and uh, and I've also had other design businesses too. That that, but this is the one that's really really caught on. Um, and so after away, uh, a number of other founders started to come to me. Um, Chill House, Cindy Ramirez uh, at Chill House, uh, which is a uh, it's kind of a, a spa, coffee shop, nail nail salon in New York. They just opened a Paris location, which is amazing. The success nice. of them has been unbelievable throughout. You know, from the moment they started back in 2017 till now, they just continued to grow even through the pandemic. Um, nice. Another brand was Say uh, Say Beauty, which is a a, a clean makeup company um, done by Laney. Uh, and so that has that that is you know a huge brand now. It's like sold in Sephora. Nice. Um, it's it's all over the place, and and we we had the opportunity to work with her on that. And so so what are you doing for the like? designing what do you what does that mean like for all these different your different projects or the businesses that you help start or started what is your role specifically what are you offering to the table so my role is really i mean for all of those companies that i just mentioned i've worked on everything from the strategy from how they kind of act as a business and act as you know oftentimes companies are now trying to take on human attributes, you know, and so it's to be able to relate to other folks and to be able to relate to their audience base. And so a lot of the times we assign a lot of those human attributes to these different, to these different companies, through strategy, through understanding their audience. Um, And then after that, we start to create, you know, kind of the look and feel um, of the whole company. So we worked on the logo, the color palette, the typography, Sometimes we even create a full asset library that they um, kind of push out into the world uh, as they launch. And so sometimes that lasts for six months, sometimes it lasts for a year, but it's, you know, now you have to have a lot of content to be able to push Hmm. out um, as a brand. Interesting. I could use some help with that with my podcast. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just just Yeah, I mean, thinking. (laughs) Okay. So back to combo. We got a sidetrack there. (laughs) Um, so we talked about some of your main clients, I guess, like what's the future looking like? Keep talking about combo. Cause we talked with 
I've talked with a lot of people from larger agencies, mid-sized agencies that are kind of full-service creative shops that just make ads. So where do you fit in that in that spectrum? So I guess the the place that we fit in is we we come a little bit before the ads, a little bit before the advertising. And okay. and sometimes we're we're you know and you know back in the day advertising was was king you know and brand didn't mean that much it was it brand was was kind of expressed through advertising and it was expressed through these kind of large campaigns that went on into the world to touch right. audiences in different ways now we consume media completely differently you know it's at our fingertips it's whenever we want to see it and and it's it's super easy to to touch base with a brand um so that means that branding became far more important because of the way that we consume media, branding became something that we have to put in front of people in a very consistent way with a very concise message mm -hmm. in order for that to be the through line to allow someone to hit the purchase button, essentially. So I think that, that, that that's kind of where, where brand sits. Advertising is um, a short-term game. So brand, if you think of brand as a long-term game, mm -hmm. advertising is a short-term game. It's what is relevant in the world at that moment. If you can Fair. create something that is, you know, humorous, if you can create something that is Timely. like, yeah, that, that has like cultural relevance in that moment, then your brand will pop off and it'll, it'll be great. But, you, but it needs to be on, but it, every ad should be on brand. Yes. Every, on strategy, exactly. on brand. Exactly. Has to hit the audience, has to know what the audience is, has to essentially, and so we set the tone a lot of the times for, what the um, what you know sort of part advertising partners come in with and 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 use, you know some, sometimes it's like you know they use all of the things that that we've set the tone with typography, color palette, photographic style. Sometimes they go way off way off key, you know, which is and, totally fine. But it's like oh, what it hits, you know. For me, I, but doesn't it take so long to establish brand trust and identity into the world that if one marketing manager messes it up and they say the wrong thing or they use the wrong colors, they really mess up? Like, can't that that identity and trust be ruined? It it can, but it, because advertising is such a short period of time, mm -hmm. it's people not forget. like yeah, people forget, you know. Yeah, but if yeah. you can, yeah, but you can't be consistently messing up. Yeah, you want to yeah. be on brand, yeah. I mean, if it were up to me, everything would be on brand, you know, everything. Yeah. Would, but sometimes you don't want to step on, you know, the advertising creative agencies toes at all. You know, you want them to be right. able to explore things the way that they want to explore it too. Okay. Right. But also so we're you, not, we're not, we're not keepers of the brand anymore. At that point, it's the, it's, it's on the brand. And, so you uh, help set up the brand systems guidelines, the yeah. persona you help very early on. And then once they get larger, or I guess they understand the brand, then they'll go and create some larger ads, perhaps yeah. campaigns. Yeah. And yeah. do you say goodbye, or do you try to stick along? Do you have you tried to venture into the advertising promotional, like creating those campaigns later on for them? No, not. I mean, not not yet. I'm not going to say that we'll never do that, but sure. I'm, uh, not. That's more fun. The brand work is way is where it's all at. That's what it's, we learned I mean, in school. For me, it is. Yeah, definitely. That's way cooler. Yeah. I think that's pretty sick. Yeah. I mean, advertising work is really, is really fun too. It's like also if they have big budgets and stuff, that's sure. really fun. Yeah. Because... Don't get me wrong. A Super Bowl is, is fantastic. But, but you're right though. I guess a good contrast would be like you're working on long-term brand work for, for a company that's going to last for 
decades potentially as long as the brand will live you're saying the foundation and then you got the contrast where you have a super bowl commercial that only airs for 30 seconds yeah and it can be whatever they want as long as people laugh and you know the cultural audience you know the relevance that it's a super bowl it's, it doesn't have to be on brand at all for the most part it should be yeah um but they can get away with you know pulling off something stunty yeah it, it i mean it's successful if it leads back to the brand of course sure. you know yeah. so that that i think that's the the biggest thing is that you do those things for brand awareness and mm-hmm. but there yeah. are some super bowl commercials there are some commercials where you watch it like that was that was hilarious uh can you name the brand that totally <laughs> like that qr code that was on the super bowl commercial everybody still remembers it do you remember who yeah, it was I for? I mean, you I and do. i do yeah. of course yeah. we're experts here <laughs> it's coinbase <laughs> uh, what if it was funny what if i just messed that up yeah FTX said, or something. yeah it was FTX, <laughs> of course um but yeah i i think that's and i can tell like if you're an entrepreneur and you like to start up different projects a lot it's all yeah. branding in the beginning. So no wonder why that makes sense for you. I loved building Breaking Entering early on and branding it and thinking about the future and the guidelines and how we talk and the accomplice yeah. and that like that whole motif that keeps going and that that theme that keeps recurring. I, I might have lost it down the line. I, I should be better, but it's I hard. can see. I mean, it's so hard. It's like in the beginning, it's all opportunity. It's so, all like yeah. open, open space. It's so fun. It's like oh pick my God, a path. You run yeah. with it. Yeah, I, I could see how like yeah. doing that in the beginning is so, but like maybe you have you guys thought about like doing like a check in like a year later? You we guys do, do that? Check-ins. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. have, I think that'd be really beneficial. I don't know yeah. how your business works, so I apologize. I'm like, you're like, yeah, of course, like, no, no shit. Like, of course, we do that. No, um, no, I mean, it's not, it's not normal. I just, we just have such the people that I work with and the clients that I work with, we have close, we, we try to keep close relationships with because. Mm-hmm it's fun working with them, you know? And so sometimes though, like the, we did, a, um, we, we recently did a, a rebrand for Jen, um, which is this, uh, it's a multivitamin woman's vitamin for, um, that comes in the form of a cube. It's not actually a pill, which is like, okay. uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. You chew it? You chew it. Yeah. Okay. You chew it. Yeah. Um, but they've branched out into uh, a ton of different vitamins. Um, it's all like this this cube. It's got you know ashwagandha and like you know a, a, a ton of shit in it. But all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. But Sarah, you know, um, who's the founder, you know, once in a while she still talks to us. Once in a while she'll ask us like, "We're coming out with a new product. What is this package like? How does this packaging look?" And we're we're always you know game to to try to help her steer the brand in the right place and make sure it's all good, you know, but we've created a full guidelines for her and website and everything. So she has all the tools, but once in a while she'll hit us up for that kind of stuff. I like it. All right. I'm curious now, like, I want to know, like, what are the different roles within your shop then? Who, what are the pieces that make this thing function? You have designers, you have, I know you got somebody marketing, Mm -hmm. What who, who can get a job here and what are you looking for? So the main the the structure of our company is probably three three main parts, which is there's project management, Fair. there's strategy, there's design, and you know there's also or I guess creative and in creative there's writing too. Okay. Um, and uh, essentially, our our outputs are innovation and branding. Yeah. Got so it. any innovation project goes through 
project manager, do a, do a little strategy first, do a little design, and then it's out the door. And then mm -hmm. design, uh, branding is the same thing. Project manager, strategy, design, out the door. Mm -hmm. Got it. Did we talk about the difference between the two outputs? Innovation and branding? Yeah. No, we, we haven't. Brand, branding right. is, um, innovation is more upstream, even more upstream than branding. So it's a, a lot of the innovation work we do is about, I mean, it's it's working with clients to to try to help them one uh, be greener to a certain extent. For example, you know, like to 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 have less waste in the world. Like, the, you know, we have a lot of CPG companies that are like, how do we figure out the the plastic scenario? And so sure. we've you know come up with a ton of different documents that that kind of explore just that one piece. Or okay. we have some clients that are like, what's the next? What's the future? of this type of beverage um you know and for confidentiality purposes we're not going to talk about the client but sure. the yeah. um you know so we 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 help them come up with what a new beverage could potentially be what new packaging ah. could potentially be what it can and so it starts off in this like kind of blue sky thinking world where we think of like what's culturally relevant what what are people thinking about like what are, what's the what is it health is it wellness is it all these things and then how do we combine that with what you guys produce and what and what your factories can make at a in a quick pace so then how do we put it on the shelf and so we come up with you know hundreds of different ideas based on that on a brief like that branding is very much um is super tactile you know it's like we need a logo. We need a um, a strategy of how we're, of what we are, you know, and, and like why we exist and all the pieces and why why they come together. And then it's like logo, color palette, typography, website, you know, packaging, perfect that kind of stuff. All right, very interesting. So I want to kick it now. I want to kick it back to how you broke in to advertising and design. So what was that moment when you real, realized that you wanted to do this for a career? I mean, for, for me, it's, it's a little unusual. My father, I grew up in, in Korea, in Seoul, and my father had a design agency in Seoul. Okay. Um, and so he, uh, he, you know, it existed from the late 80s to the late 90s. Um, he passed away in early 2000. Um, and I that. think... For, for me, he always wanted me to follow in his footsteps. I really wanted to be a dancer. So I dropped all my art classes and then went into dance. And he was like, absolutely not. And so he, he pushed me further into art and design. And so I've always been creative. My brother, I have two brothers. They're both creative. They're, um, you know, my, my older brother is a creative strategist, um, you know, studied film, uh, my younger brother studied architecture um, and went to ITP in NYU here. Um, it's genetics. It's genetics. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, I mean, my dad would do like weird stuff. Like, you know, he would color, like he would, he would get a t-shirt and then you'd have like the polo logo and he'd color it black. Cause he didn't like, he didn't actually like branding that much. He didn't like logos, but he was very particular about all the things that he did. So he'd have, a certain type of salt shaker, a certain type of, you know, oil, um, uh, you know, kind of dispenser, mm -hmm. like, and it would kind of permeate it, design permeated our lifestyle in our household sure. uh, in a way that I don't know if other people have experienced. And so my breakthrough was actually at 
at it was was in Pratt. I went to Pratt in mm -hmm. New York here in Brooklyn. And I think that that is actually the time where you are able to break through, which means that access to the creative industry is extremely uh, like it's really gated. It what is it, Pratt? I mean, I, I've heard this before. I've been afraid to ask. Like, tell me about Pratt. Like, is it uh, art school? What is art what's, school? Yeah, yeah. It's four yeah, year undergrad art school. Four year undergrad art school. Private. You know, you have to get like a, a crazy. Uh, you know, you got to pay shit ton of money for it. You know, and you have to get either uh, financial aid or so. We had to get financial aid. You know, I had to. Um, you know, and I had student loans all the way up until now, and I'm 40. So this is when I've paid off my, I've just paid off my student loans. So that's, wow. it's taken 20 years essentially to pay off my student loans. Um, so the, uh, I, I guess, so that's why one access is, is, is restricted <laughs> to a certain extent. Anyone with, uh, without the sort of kind of privilege that I've had to be able to enter into school is not able to go through that pipeline so that's one one way one way to to get into the advertising and design agency and most design and advertising agencies will pull from schools they pull from pratt risd sva parsons why know. wouldn't they yeah exactly so they all pull from there so that means that they're getting this specific type of person right that has a certain amount of privilege because they have money to be able to do it you know, they have a certain education and sort of uh, a way of thinking, and they're they're kind of put through all of that. Yep. Um, and it doesn't, and and so it means that the the creative industry is quite homogenous in thinking, homogenous mm -hmm. in in style, homogenous in in all types of stuff. You know, in I mean, the the uh, the the industry, the creative industry, you know, from an AIGA um, sort of census was uh, saying that it's seventy one percent white. Wow. So that is unbelievable. You know, that's, that's, that's. As that's of what, as of like recent? As of 2019. That was, okay, that was in yeah. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. that it's, it's really crazy. And it's because, um, you know, there's, everyone's pulling from these specific yeah. schools, you know, the next, the next rung is Asian, you know, so, mm. and it's the same thing. It's because Asians have the privilege to be able to go to the schools and, and, you know, pay their way into it sure. and stuff. And, and so, but I think that's the thing that's, that that is amazing about uh, we we partner with a group called scope of work yeah they're, they're a talent development agency um and the 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 young folks that go through scope of work you know they go through a process of applying of showing their portfolio or talking mm -hmm. uh talking to them but most most folks that are going through scope of work don't have portfolios like a person coming out of parsons or a person sure. coming out of sva and so uh, oftentimes the 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 uh the thing that we love to do and the thing that they actually have pushed other agencies they partner with all all a ton of agencies you know mother okay. new york um and and they essentially um they have everyone meet the the young folks so you you meet with them and you don't you don't nice. base everything off of a holistic approach not just the one portfolio exactly yeah exactly. that's nice that is really nice because I feel like a lot of times you'll just be judged on your portfolio. And that's like, that's been the case for since like the nineties exactly, and like forever really. Yeah. So that you can meet those people. How much does that help though? It helps. A ton. I mean, so for us, it's changed our hiring practice 
totally you know okay. it's it's allowed us to one 25 percent of our company we have um you know about 25 to, to 30 people give or take uh is is staffed by scope of work and nice. so we have young folks that have been with us from i think four or five years ago when they nice. when scope of work started and they've stayed with us you know and they're now mentoring other yellow other young folks that are mm-hmm. coming in through the fellowship that scope of work does what it's done for us is we just did a huge uh, huge hiring of, of design um uh hired a whole other team and we didn't just look at schools we didn't just look at portfolios we didn't just go through scope of work either we put mm-hmm. a call out we got 40 sort of applicants i met with every single one of them nice. like i met with every single uh, applicant and just di- and didn't just base it off of a portfolio or a resume or or whatever but their kind of background and who they are where they're coming from if they're willing to learn if they're willing to mentor when they go through this process and you know our our two or three years down the line right with us i like that so do you know how the scope of work process works for the person that's applying like on the other side obviously you're hiring so like they upload their portfolio they go through this scope of work can you tell me a little bit more about that the process on the other end so my um from what you know i know you're not you're not work you work with them but yeah, yeah. I mean, my my the um the uh, one of the founders is I'm married to one of the founders. Right? Oh, there you go. It. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So um, you probably you should know the. Process. I know some somewhat of it. Yeah, okay. I know somewhat of it. But she she's she's actually in this process right now. She's uh, reading um, a- applications, and I think she goes through three hundred or so applications. Like her and her team, sure. Like scope of work, they go through three hundred applications. I think they they accept somewhere around 200 or 300 folks sure. um depending on what i think last year was like 150 this year they increase it a little bit and they continue to increase it you know That's as good. as they have more people yeah mm-hmm. and so um she's literally going through and reading every single thing that they're sending her. what is so, the thing do you know what the th- maybe we should have her come on yeah you should yeah <laughs> you should <laughs> definitely talk to her should have done a combo done. episode yeah yeah I think um, I mean you should definitely talk to her and her partner. They're they're amazing and unbelievable okay. and changing the whole face of the industry so, and how breaking and entering actually happens in the good. industry. And um, is it for creative? Is it mainly creatives or it's all creative stra- for advertising? Are we talking about what's the advertising, kind of design, art? fashion? Okay. Um, you know, I think that I don't think they're into music yet, but there are sort of. Okay. I think they they have some 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 ways in there, but okay. I think it's architecture. It's it's in a, anything that sort of has this visual, um, yeah, photography. Sure. Um, yeah, I can't. There there are some account folks and uh, that mm. that go through them, but yeah, like creative account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, amazing. Uh, I, I have more questions about that, but for now, for the people listening. Um, where can they go and find uh, the information about this? Scopeofwork.co. .co? Yeah, .co. Yeah, they also did you have... you do design work for them? Uh, we Our company did do it, and, it, and it's it's actually... Did or folks, did not? We did. We yeah. did, yeah. Okay. And the young Makes folks sense. that they placed with us, you know, four years ago were actually the leads, uh, the lead designers. In nice. Them. So it was like this kind of beautiful circle. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it really 
really worked out well. The 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 identity turned out amazingly well. Um, we're we're super hyped about it. Um, yeah. Okay. How did we get here? We were talking, we were talking about, about breaking and entering. Yeah, and so I was yeah. talking about the the the. So you went to no back to you though. So you okay. went to Pratt. I want to go back to you real quick, and then we'll get into more advice. So you went to Pratt. Obviously, you kind it's kind of pay to play. It's homogenous. Exactly. We get that. <laughs> if if you and I always say this, if you can afford, you know, if you have money, you come from money, or you can you you, you could you want to work hard for loans and scholarships. Uh, Pratt design school a portfolio school they make they do it's like sure fire bet you're gonna probably break in like yeah if you work hard like obviously it's not handed to you but if you can afford it do it like and you have the time and you don't have to worry about do it um so we can get in some other advice maybe later that you have but so you you when you graduated there did you get a job right out of uh school or did you have to wait intern like i interned uh it was, I, I think, easy is definitely relative. You know, it's it was. I guess I can consider it easy. There was definitely a point where I didn't have, you know, I had twenty bucks to my name and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's like, uh, and I was, but it was basically for three months where I didn't have a job, but I was yeah. looking quite heavily. Um, you know, I I worked for a bunch of professors early mm-hmm. on you know so in school i worked for professors yeah the connects i had the connects yeah they all liked the work that i did mm-hmm. the the professor that brought me to my first job was ali madad he's he Shout was out. my my senior my my senior um sort of uh communications design professor and he worked at this place called big which is um the brand integration group run by brian collins um in uh at ogilvy Oh, nice. And so this was, this was pretty, uh, this was like, I think they, they were, you know, during the aughts, essentially. So mm-hmm. 2000, 2000 to like 2010 or so, um, I think it disbanded. I can't, I can't remember exactly why, but um, essentially Brian Collins was the first like um, sort of chief creative director I, I had worked for. Um, okay. is it now doesn't he do Collins now? Isn't that what yeah, it's yeah, yeah. He does Collins. Yeah, he does Collins yeah. now, which is huge. Amazing. Yeah, it's supposed to be one of the, like, yeah. He's I, he's been on. I try to get him on the pod. I think he declined. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Respectfully. Yeah. 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 He's. I mean, like the. So from there, from big, he jumped yeah. to make his own thing, and sure. he 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 kind of created that. But at at big was. It was an incredible experience because there were three other creative directors there, um, Alan Horry, Richard Bates, and Chuck Rudy. Sure. And Richard and Chuck essentially brought me to my next job, which was at the brand union. Then from there, I, I worked um, in this. The, my, my main sort of mentor was this, this guy named Mark Aver. Um, and he was my design director from the start all the way till um, the end of mother. Uh, and so he brought me to different spots. Like he, he was, he's the one that brought me to mother after mm-hmm. we worked together at Ogilvy. Um, him and, and Christian uh, were, were heading up the design group there. Um, and I met a bunch of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the partners that I have now all came from mother too. And so we met yeah. 13 years ago. Um, and so from there, I essentially just, started freelancing in different places and then 
ended up creating my own company uh, off of this idea that we would go in-house to different companies and to rebrand them from the inside out. So that's that cool. the company has more ownership over the creative. Yeah, and that's cool. So we worked with everyone. Like this, the model was first done at Cole Haan, um, and we it was it was done with Rob Trossel, uh, who is also from Mother, and Andy Gray, who's also from Mother, and we essentially help create that uh, that brand um, from the inside out once Nike sold them. And so that's the brand that still exists today. It looks really, it still looks pretty similar to what we designed initially. And that's kind of the goal is like, mm -hmm. once you, once you do something, you want it to roll out in a proper way and everything. And, and it's because right. we worked with the designers there that that actually that strong foundation. That's exactly. still, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, such an interesting, like, and I was just kind of thinking back, I kind of got, was, I kind of got caught up in the homogenous and the like that discussion about those design schools but like I, you definitely don't fit that category so like yeah. maybe like labeling that is unfair because people work hard and like come from all different backgrounds to go to these schools and maybe like they train them in a certain way but you're still bringing yourself and yeah. your identity so i was just like thinking i kind of got lost in that that thought like maybe that is unfair to, to label people that go to these schools is all the same like i know we're not saying that but i just want to be very clear because you yourself like your design background your father and like where you're from i'm sure all played into a huge role and like you were unstoppable force because mm -hmm. of it compare like combined with that training like no there, like no shit you're gonna break in like you're fantastic like you were destined to be in this and yeah. you knew that like you so I don't know. I just wanted to do that little tangent there. No, totally. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's not. I'm not saying that there's not individuality mm -hmm. within these 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 places. I mean, there's amazing amazing artists that come out of mm -hmm. these schools. Everyone is so different. Everyone leans into their heritage in a way that didn't happen before. Yeah. But it's it's just uh, it you know it's it's just the fact that right now, I guess the creative industry has relied so heavily on schools to be the feeder system yes. and so heavily to be like they've relied on on schools to be the ones that that train these folks in order to be able to break into the to the creative world so there's a lot of gatekeeping that, sure. therefore you know and it, it's it's really terrible. i mean it's yeah it's yeah. expensive yeah yeah i mean it's no shade on the people that go to school i went to school <laughs> so yeah of course most people that i know here so so my question here, maybe one of probably the last question here with like your advice here is like, if for the people that may, that are listening to this, maybe are in different careers that want to switch over to design or maybe are at a, a more traditional undergrad, that's usually yeah. who our audience is or your friends that are just are listening, like that maybe they can't afford to like re to switch their degree or to go to a, a portfolio school. So it's like, what can we do? Like, mm -hmm. what are some practical ways? Like, are there YouTube classes that you know? Are there, like, a scope of work? Do they have training offers? Like, where can we go and learn some of these basic skills? Even myself, like, I want to learn some design so I don't have to rely on our designers for every freaking social post that I need help with. Like, mm -hmm. where, where can we learn, like, on the side though, for those that can't? Yeah, there, there's, I mean, there are a ton of classes now in terms of design that you can uh, kind of just sign up for pretty easily. YouTube is actually where most 
uh, where most of the young folks have learned to just dabble in design. You know, the other thing is that the the programs are extremely expensive too. But there's yeah. there's thing there's ways in um, without using the programs. You know, and there's there's um, I'm not like I, I think you know there's I'm not gonna most people like there used to be a time where we would all just uh you know rip a program offline i don't know i don't know how how young folks are ripping them now because everything's subscription based at the moment are oh, you talking like at adobe yeah yeah it's like because that, oh, that, that yeah, that's yeah. a big access point too you know it's yeah. like not being able to get but anytime any career yeah. any sport hobby you have to invest in like the like true good yeah. essential stuff so i'm saying here i don't know if you're saying this like if you know you want to go into the design or designs that like you got to get Adobe and you want to invest in it. Yeah. Okay. You got to you get it. Like you got yeah. like get the, get the right tools. Like, and yeah. it might be a barrier, but like you got to work hard, like yeah, get yeah. some money, figure it out. Like nothing's going to be handed to you. Like for real, like you definitely should get, you need those Adobe's like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're, yeah. unless you're, unless you got other ideas, but well, that's what I think. No. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think, yes, if you want to go into something, you have to figure out how to, how to get there and you got to figure mm-hmm. out how to work hard and, and, and invest it in that, in, in, in that form. Yeah. I think the, and, and I just want to clarify something, the folk, like not all, like when, when I'm talking about the feeder system from schools, I'm talking specifically about the art schools and the expensive private ones that are not necessarily yeah. people that are going to colleges and state state schools and that school kind of, of art, art Institute in Chicago. I know is a big one, like SAIC. Right. Yeah. And I think it, it's like, I think the way, I think the way to break in, in, in my opinion is, um, is to meet people, is to talk to people, talk to as many, like, you know, there's there's this um, like DM people. Start start just talking to other creatives. Start like creating your own community of folks that are interested in that. You know, like um, uh, Virgil Abloh. Do you know you know Virgil? Of course. Abloh? Yeah, yeah. Virgil yeah, Abloh. Um, he and Heron Preston started DMing each other really early on. You know, and mm-hmm. he tells a story about how they started to just like talk about shit, and they would like they would they would really get excited about certain things that they were creating together to me it's like you create that community and then you start to talk to other folks that are in in the industry too like you start talking to people that are working at the companies that you want to work at you start talking to anyone there and your 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 name will start to be ingrained Sick. in their brains and then Absolutely. when they want to look for people someone who's like willing to do anything and hard working and stuff they're going to think of you because you're so persistent. You're so like, you're, con- you're consistently emailing, you're consistently talking to them, DMing them, trying to talk about all of the different things that you're excited about. Yeah. So in my mind, it's about, it's about getting yourself out there through yeah. the things that you're interested in, you know? Yeah. Visibility is really important. Like interacting with like LinkedIn posts and DMing and yeah. being normal and not, you know, not invasive. Um, but being consistent is so like in PR, like with journalists, like that's what we do is like, I'm always commenting on my favorite, favorite, like ad trade publication journalists, just to let them know I'm still here. I'm still listening. I'm still reading. And they, and then people do that to me as well for this podcast. So I'm sure the same thing applies for design. So consistency is huge. And and I wouldn't say like non-answers from people is a sign they don't want to talk to you. No, no. Yeah. They still see it. They still see it exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and they're busy. Yeah, but yeah, I love it. I think 
pretty good advice here. Anything else that you thought about maybe like one other big thing you want to get out there? If not, how can people reach out to you? Um, what are your resource? Like where can like they find you? What's the website? Give us all the break, like that breakdown. So my website is combo.co. That's mm-hmm. uh, my, Looks great. my, um, my agency. Um, you can definitely email me at capono.chung at combo.co. Um, you know, I'm happy to speak to anyone. I might not, respond to everything <laughs> but uh i you know i'm happy to, to to talk to folks if they're if they're interested in speaking love it great what's the font you're using here on this site it looks good it's called arizona good yeah, glad you knew that i mean yeah that's pretty good yeah we worked with the found i can't remember the foundry's name though it's like slipping my mind right now but we worked with them to kind of help create some custom letter forms and stuff for oh nice Yes, and it's a variable typeface. It's super cool. It's a variable typeface. So as it gets like smaller, it goes into like a serif or sans serif. There you go. Yeah. Very cool. It's cool. All right. Those are all the questions I have, Capono. Um, really, really interesting stuff. Really cool agency you have. So um, people re- that people that want to reach out, go to our Instagram. We'll have your resources there, the website. And you also listed some secret ones out for us specifically. We're not going to tell the people like those resources you recommend. We'll have those on our Instagram. So you have to go there to find those a little teaser for that. Cool. Uh, but thanks. You crushed it. Appreciate thanks, you. Gina. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break-ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod that's all one word breaking and entering pod on instagram we have links to their portfolios and their linkedin and they want to connect so do that and thank yous thank you to mikey malarkey our audio engineer and buchan jong our creative director can't do without you two and a team from the university of illinois it's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz. their pr agency and it's been a pleasure working with them thank you all so much and we will see you next week with another amazing guest